on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, 97.7, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. What's up, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you here on board, ready to rock and roll. Maybe you're listening on the ESPN app, a mobile way to move about the world and uh, take us with you wherever you go. Anywhere. Anywhere. Except the bathroom. That's kind of gross. But anywhere else you could be in... Burundi for all we care. As long as they have Wi-Fi and you can get on your app, then you can listen to us there. Just download the ESPN app, which I'm sure a lot of you have already done. There is a listen tab on that app. Find us, ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Utica Rome, on the app, and then off we go, doing great adventures in the world on a gorgeous day. We needed this, okay? The weather in this town lately, and I know where we live, and I know that it rains and it snows and it's cold and it's, you know, October turning into November. I understand that. I understand that we turn back the clocks this week and it gets dark at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I get all that, okay? Trust me. I get all that. But it was like that Tom Petty song, right? The rain last three days, it was unstoppable. It was always cold, no sunshine. Like, we needed this little break of sunshine today. So enjoy it. Get outside, do your thing, and take us with it. Uh, take us with you, pardon me, on the ESPN app. You can listen on Alexa. Just enable your ESPN Alexa skill, and you can tell Alexa to listen to ESPN Syracuse. However you're doing it, we really appreciate that. You know you can participate as well in this program. 437-7644. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. Twitter. Twitter radio. Yeah, oh, I give a rat's ass about Twitter. Mike Gundy, ladies and gentlemen. As we like to say in the business, that is, that is drop-worthy. That could be our new button. button. Twitter, radio. Yeah, oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. There you go. Hot takes on the way, as usual, today. So uh, give us your hot takes on the Twitter, and then I can keep playing this. There you go. That's hot. And that, too. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. Or the text line is 2880644. We have one guest who will join us right here in this hour, our good friend Matthew Perino, Syracuse.com, who will discuss... The Bills make... No, 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 no. No, turn it, 
Turn it off! Come on now, the Bills are making it happen. They're making something happen. And it wasn't really football last night in a game where the defense actually kept them in it for a while and had to basically beg the offense to do something, anything. It was like that scene from Spaceballs. Do something! Do something! Do something! Well, the Bills' offense couldn't do a darn thing against the Patriots. We will go over all of that with our friend Matthew Perino from Syracuse.com, NYUp.com on the Bills beat. Coming up, it's Top 5 Tuesday. I'll give you my top five teams in both the National Football League and college football. We'll talk plenty of Syracuse football, including uh, right off the top here in a moment. We'll get some uh, more SU hoops talk in there with uh, Halloween serving as a platform for exhibition basketball against LeMoyne tomorrow. And then after that, it'll be time to get it on for real with the Orange. So, a lot to get into today. I hope you can join us and be a part of all of it. But I did, as mentioned, want to start with a little Syracuse football because, you know, it was a couple weeks ago after Syracuse beat Florida State that Dino Baber said that this team was back on the map. And I think we knew, like, what he under, what he meant by that. It was a third straight big win at the Carrier Dome. Mind you, it was not a ranked Florida State team, but a name program that Syracuse was not in the, let's say, regular business of beating. But you add that to what happened in 2016 against Virginia Tech, of course, the Clemson win in 2017. So you have two of those wins this year. Florida State, NC State. NC State being a ranked team, a game that most came across in some capacity on a Saturday night, 7 o'clock, primetime start, if you're flipping around watching games as a football fan, inevitably you're going to land on ESPN2 and see what is on. Like, oh, look at that score. If you're out on a Saturday night and you're in a sports bar type of place or anywhere that has lots of televisions, even, you know, it doesn't even have to be a sports bar. There's just a lot of bars, restaurants, places people go on Saturday nights that just have sports on the TV, right? And a lot of those places, I'm sure, had by default ESPN2 on one of those. Tell me that's not true, please. Tell me tell me that's not true. We, we will talk to Matthew Perino about this coming up, but I have to interrupt myself. Oh, boy, that's a blue check. That's a blue check. Okay. Just give me a moment here. With Derek Anderson suffering a concussion, Bills quarterback Nathan Peterman is expected to start Sunday versus the Chicago Bears, per sources. And the hits just keep on coming. Fantastic. <sighs> Matthew Perino will now join us a little later in the program to provide perspective on that. That's just fantastic news. So anyway, uh, meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, going back to Syracuse football. So, yeah, you're on a lot of these places. People by accident are seeing you. This is what you need to maintain, being a ranked football team. Now, I always like to do the mom test. I always like to do the test outside of, you know, people that, you know, for the most part, listen to this show. If you listen to this program, 
I think by some description you're a sports fan. I think by some description you follow Syracuse University sports or the New York Yankees or the Buffalo Bills or the teams we really talk about a lot in some capacity. We do have just people that listen just because, I and I really appreciate these comments. I have people that come up to me and say, listen, I'm not that big of a sports fan, but I enjoy your show. I enjoy the way you present it. You make it so I can understand it. And we've got all sorts of listeners that listen to this program, depending on what their level of passion is for the sports that they follow. Okay. I have had a few people that would fall in the mom category say to me recently, like, Hey, that's a big win. And they got back in the poll. Is that a big deal? And it's given me a little bit of pause because I think this is me kind of living in my sports world saying that you can mark with a rubber stamp Syracuse football to steal a phrase from Dino back on the map, back as a program, whatever title and description you want to use here, when they got back in the poll, which they are in both polls this week. But as a voter in the Associated Press poll, and I mentioned this a bit on yesterday's show, the poll, remember, is a thermometer. The poll is, in college football, the direction the wind is blowing this week because next week it can be an entirely different thing. Syracuse rode a wave this week of seven new teams in the poll. It was the most amount of new teams that had gone into the poll since 1989 because of all the teams at the back end of the poll that lost. There's a lot of, I debated a couple of three lost teams to get in the poll this week. Iowa State being one of them, who I, Iowa State has beat some ranked teams. They are surging. They are a team to watch down the stretch here. They got off to not even that rough of a start. Even the games that they lost have been close, have been competitive. They've given some really good teams a headache, even in losing those games. But that's kind of the point of the college football season we're in. The first college football playoff rankings come out tonight, which should be Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, LSU, But the college football playoff committee, being the college football playoff committee, well, they've got to make a television show out of this. So they'll slip a Michigan in there. They'll slip an Oklahoma in there. You know, you really want to get funky. How about you slip a Central Florida in there, right? So it will not be what the top four in the AP poll is, or it will not be the top four that most expect, right? Syracuse is in that discussion in the sense of they're in the poll, I don't know if they'll make the college football playoff rankings today. Because remember, they put out their own top 25. I mean, you would think they would. But that poll's a little different. It's a little more funky. So my answer to the person I was having the conversation with was, it's a big deal for this reason. Part of which, which, and I said it to this person, but I just said it to you to open the show. You just walk into a random sports bar, a random place that's got a television on. Most of them have them on. Sports or news, right? ESPN, ESPN2, or like a CNN or Fox News or something like that. So by default, even by not meaning it, a lot of people are taking in Syracuse football. It happened in the office today, as a matter of fact, for another example. If you're just kind of searching through, naturally in college football, you end up on that page, and this is for college hoops too, the top 25 scores, right? If you have an app and you push college football on the app, it gives you the top 25 scores. Well, Syracuse is on that list. So again, somebody who's not even seeking you out will see you. It'll be put in front of you. When ESPN cycles through the bottom line, 
Now, on a college football Saturday, they do jump to other conferences and other scores, but for the most part, what you're seeing flip before your very eyes is the top 25. So I've always gotten a kick out of people that have tweeted me through the years from different fan bases telling me that the poll doesn't matter, especially now with the college football poll out. And, you know, while the AP poll is maybe not as powerful and certainly not as relevant as it used to be, it still matters. I know it still matters because of all the tweets I got from you three weeks ago when I was pondering whether or not to vote Syracuse, seeing all the reaction from people, not just on social media, but elsewhere, when they got back in the polls this weekend. It still matters to people. I get those tweets all the time, every week. I put Appalachian State in last week, and then they go and lose to Georgia State, who I then basically flipped in for them. Every time I do this, especially if it's a team that has not been there for a while or has never been there, in the case of Appalachian State, inevitably I get tweets or messages from people that just say thank you. Right, Most of the messages I get are not that nice, but when it's a team that hasn't been there for a while or has not been there at all in some rare cases, it means something to people. So this is where Syracuse is at. This is why I thought Dino's answer to this when he was asked about it yesterday. You know, like he knows what comes with this. He knows the upped bridge, the upped responsibility, the upped expectations when you get into the Associated Press college football poll, right? Now, he said it here yesterday. He can appreciate that his team is in the rankings. But he also knows how quickly that can change if you don't adhere to what? Being consistently good, not occasionally great. You know, I do. I can't appreciate it. And I also recognize that we need to consistently keep doing the things that we're doing or we're not going to be able to uh, uh, be proud and, and, and about this moment. Yes, we're here, and it's, it's fabulous. And now we need to get ready to play another game on Saturday. And if we win, it'll get better. And if we don't, it won't. So we need to stay extremely focused. But it's, uh, it's a heck of an accomplishment. That's Dino Babers at his press conference yesterday. So for those that don't understand where Syracuse is at right now. If you were somebody who can, and you know, I overuse the term Fairweather fan. I, I always say the Fairweather 10,000, and I still believe in that. I still, you know, I can write a thesis on that, trust me. But if you consider yourself maybe not a Fairweather fan, just kind of an occasional fan, somebody that wants to watch Syracuse when things are happening and you've been intrigued by what's going on and you're trying to appreciate the big deal that this is, that's the big deal that this is. But it's also a situation where the wind can blow one direction. You could lose this week to Wake Forest. I don't think they will, but they could. And then you're fighting to get back in that spotlight. 437-7644, Brent Dax Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. So we will continue to discuss that. It's Top 5 Tuesday. Hot takes on the way. Uh, Matt Perino is now going to join us at 5.05 because he's got some breaking news to discuss, and that breaking news is, according to Adam Schefter, that Derek Anderson has a concussion, so that means the Nathan Peterman experiment is back in our lives. Fantastic. So we'll uh, talk to Mr. Perino 
about that later in the program. Our friend from Syracuse.com, NYUp.com. Maybe Lee Baldwin can lift my spirits today. Some diamonds and dogs here. Lee, how you doing, buddy? Excellent. I'm doing good. <sighs> I, 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 the market I, was up. That'll help you. Okay, Take a good. Breath. Thank you. Thank you. I need that because I just found out that Nathan Peterman's back in my life. So I need a, I need a little lift here. I need a boost. Maybe everybody's missing something with him. He might be all right. Oh, don't say that, Lee. Please don't say that. I hope you're right. I hope this finally is the time. He looks like a competent NFL quarterback. But I'm uh, They might go wildcat like 80% of the time. <laughs> I think they should. Just let McCoy start at this point. Uh, well, stocks were up across the board over 1.5% on all three major averages, so that's good, Brent. So Yeah. Um, and our diamond of the day goes to uh, Under Armour. The stock was up 27% or over 5 bucks per share. So maybe that guy Steph Curry can play hoops. What do you think? You know what? 14 three-pointers for Clay Thompson last yeah. night. I mean, it's October 30th. They've got like six months to go. Pace yourself, buddy. Come on. <laughs> uh, and I will give you a dog on my way out here. Uh, G cut their dividend by 90%. And Wall Street cut the stock by 9%. So I guess that's fair, touche. But uh, uh, overall, it's nice to have a, a positive day in the market. So we'll take that. So we will take it. it. Sunshine and in central New York and a good day on the market. There you, you go. got it. Thank you, Lee. I needed that little boost. Okay. That's my man. Lee Baldwin, ladies and gentlemen. You can find him at LeeBaldwin.com. You can find him in Casanova and Utica. Stop on in and have him lift your day by building a great portfolio and getting great stock advice and investment advice. We'll break on that note. We will come back. So we're going to move Matt Perino up a little bit. He's got some writing to do with this breaking news out there. I'm asking this rhetorically, but I'll ask it for real when Perino joins us. So does that mean Terrell Pryor is like a backup quarterback now for the Bills too? Like, I'm going to go drink a lot during the break. It's going to be great when I come back in five minutes. The guy is drunk! Back after this. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. I can get no now, there's an appropriate bump right there. I can get no uh, thank you to Seth, I think, for telling me that uh, in his six career starts, Nathan Peterman has not played two consecutive quarters of football. Fantastic. Can we please change the subject? Hit me with that fancy. Oh, We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hurt. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. Maryland has returned. DJ Durkin. At least that's what it appears to be happening. We'll get to that momentarily here in Hot Takes. But, Bills fans, I do have something to make you feel better. Just when you think your season is spiraling towards just utter embarrassment. Well, then there's the New York football Giants. In line to be the starting quarterback at some point in the near future with the, uh, let's just say, uncertain starting ability of one Eli Manning. The Giants have a bye this week, but as reported here, New York, uh, first by NJ.com, New York Giants rookie quarterback Kyle Luletta was arrested Tuesday for, quote, various motor vehicle and related disorderly persons offenses pertaining to a traffic violation in 
Am I saying this correct, Seth? You're from Jersey. Weehawken? Is that how you say this? Weehawken, New Jersey. Not familiar with Weehawken. Luletta was trying to make a right turn from the wrong lane in his Jaguar to get to uh, Route 495 West, according to a statement by the Weehawken Police Department. He was told to keep going straight, but Luletta almost struck an officer while making the illegal turn and then, quote, refused various instructions after he was stopped by another officer at the end of the on-ramp. He was charged with eluding police, obstructing administration of law, resisting arrest, reckless driving, disregarding an officer's directions, improper turn in a marked traffic lane, and failure to remain in a marked lane. That's a lot of charges. A police also said the same car was involved, quote, in a similar incident at the same location Monday, and a summons was issued by mail after the car owned by Luletta had not stopped and left the scene. Said Giants coach Pat Shermer, quote, we were made aware of the situation this morning and we've been in contact with Kyle. We are still in the process of gathering information. This is obviously very disappointing. He was the Giants' fourth-round pick this year out of Richmond. He has not yet dressed for a game. So things getting better for the 1-7 New York football Giants. That's right, the 1-7 New York football Giants. Since that you know infamous boat photo was taken with Odell Beckham Jr. and crew, what are they, 4-21 and and second only to the Cleveland Browns as one of the worst teams in the National Football League. So in the embarrassing quarterback news of the day, do you go with, you know, Nathan Peterman's going to get another shot or the guy that seemed to be in line to at least be given an opportunity to take over for Eli Manning got arrested for, that? That's, that's, you know. That's hot. Like, how does that happen? Like, disobeying police officers, all those traffic things. <laughs> I think most Giant fans are like, did he kill a guy? Okay, then play him, right? Give him a ticket. He served his time. <laughs> Let him out. We need a quarterback. That's how I'd feel if I was you. That's how I feel about my Bills quarterback situation. Terrell Pryor, bring him on. Let him play quarterback, too. I'm desperate. Uh, today was the NFL trade deadline, by the way. And amongst the big moves made, so Golden Tate went to the Eagles for a third rounder. That is a big pickup by the Philadelphia Eagles. Demarius Thomas, and a seventh rounder, traded to the Houston Texans for a fourth and a seventh rounder. Ty Montgomery was traded by the Packers to the Ravens for a seventh rounder in 2020. Uh, Memory fumbled with two minutes left, down two against the Rams. And uh, Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Still one of the best names to say in the National Football League. Traded from the Packers to the Redskins as well. So the Packers busy today. And, you know, it's amazing to me that, and it's usually because the NFL trade deadline is not that busy, but think of how the the NBA trade deadline has become a whole day of programming. There's a buildup to it. There's weeks of discussion leading into it. Baseball's trade deadline Traditionally, July 31st, it does extend beyond that in certain ways, but that's always a big deal, and you're watching Twitter, and you're watching the insiders, and who got traded. Even hockey's trade deadline, if you're a hockey fan, is a big deal, and a lot of moves get made before the deadline. For being still the king of professional sports, and on top of that mountain, and as popular as the National Football League is, their trade deadline 
comes and goes a lot. People are like, that was today. This is as active a trade deadline as I have seen in recent years. And those are some significant moves being made out there. So maybe the NFL is finally catching up on this, hey, we can make trades thing, especially if you're a team. Houston grabbing another receiver like that. Philly grabbing Golden Tate to kind of resurge that offense. I mean, Golden, that is a great move for Carson Wentz in that offense, who could still very easily win this division, which is a train wreck for the most part. You tell me the Redskins are going to hold on and win that thing. But it, it always surprises me. There were times like two, a total of two or three moves were made, and it's just kind of basically like, you know, let's give Adam Schefter 30 seconds on SportsCenter to basically tell us that today was the NFL trade deadline. So it's picking up a little bit, but still, if you think about it, it actually ranks fourth in the four major professional American sports, the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the National Hockey League. That's one thing the NFL has not made an entire day of programming out of, has not made a television show out of when you would expect them to do that, right? That's hot. They don't want to take any shine away from the college football playoff rankings coming out tonight with, you know, the way college football is going this year. The top-heavy teams should stick around for a while. It's that fourth spot that I think is going to fluctuate. Because the top three has to be in order. And in this order, I would expect Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame. That fourth spot, though, that's a little more open for debate. We'll see how that plays out tonight. I expect it to be Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and not LSU, though it should be LSU. Or maybe the uh, college football playoff committee will surprise me and will slap slot, pardon me, LSU in there. Although they always do things a little differently. They've got a criteria. They know there's a little juice behind this. Let's make, play out the drama, make it a TV show. My guess is they'll probably put Michigan in there, but we shall see. We shall see, right? Uh, the Mets have a new general manager, and it's kind of an interesting story, and I guess this is somewhat more significant now that the uh, our local AAA baseball team is named the Mets, which is still just a ridiculous decision, but I've said my piece on that. Uh, Mets uh, introduced their new general manager. His name is Brody Van Wagenen, who had previously headed up baseball management for CAA. And I think most of you know who CAA is. If you don't, it's a major, major agency out there. Not just for sports, by the way. CAA manages Hollywood Actors, it manages all sorts of just talent in the entertainment and sports field. It's one of the major agencies in the world. He headed up baseball management for CAA. Now he comes to the other side of the fence. Amongst the clients he represented, by the way, were Jacob deGrom, Cespedes, and Noah Syndergaard. So here's what's interesting about this, no matter how you feel this could go, because the Mets are kind of thinking outside the box here. He's probably given up a huge chunk of change to do this. In order to be the general manager of the Mets, you have to, you know, get rid of your your agency. You can't make money off the players anymore. You, obviously, you, it's conflict of interest. So he's taken a big pay cut, I would imagine, given the percentages he would get. Just on those three contracts I just mentioned, my man's living the high life. So it's interesting that he would do that. Now, in July, just a couple months ago, as Jacob DeGrom's agent, he said it was time for the Mets to lock DeGrom up long-term or trade him. Today, he said he does want to sign him long-term. 
which he said a few months ago when he was his client. Now he's not his client. That's that's interesting to me. Like those are the big guns on the Mets, particularly Degrom and Noah Syndergaard. You go from being their agent to their boss. Now your agent is your boss in a way, but a general manager has to look at it objectively and do what's best for the club. And I think what's best for the club. And remember, speaking of trade deadlines. There's a lot of speculation at the baseball trade deadline that one of those two was going to go. Bring in a bunch of prospects, reset for the future, and they didn't do it. They certainly got offers to do it, but they didn't do it. So that'll be curious to follow how a guy who goes from demanding contracts and telling teams to sign players long-term and making the demands is now on the other side. He knows how both roads go in that process and how to negotiate contracts, what they're all about, what agents will do. And I bet you there's a lot of agents that now have to deal with this guy, and they're like, well, we're screwed because he knows how this works. You can't go in there and pull the wool over the eyes of a guy who's making the deals before he, you know, stepped on the other side. I mean, it's not necessarily a sheep in wolf's clothing, but, you know, it's pretty darn close, right? So we'll see. That's hot. How many Mets fans, you know, fist-pumped that and said, okay, now there's the guy who's going to get us back to the World Series right there. We shall see. And it's also noteworthy, obviously, you know, the Mets dealing with Syracuse, it's more upper levels, it's more the Wilpons, it's more in terms of the business dealing and the branding and everything, but, you know, baseball-wise, talent-wise, the type of players that are here, he's the guy that's going to be deciding this. And the main question everybody wants to know in terms of the Syracuse Mets, in terms of talent coming out of the shoot in April is uh, one uh, Timothy Tebow and whether he is AAA worthy. Remember, it was Sandy Alderson that rode the Tebow wave with the Mets. We'll see what uh, Brody Van Wagenen has to say about that. We say we break on that note. Matt Perino is going to join us in 15 minutes. We'll talk some Bills football with him. We've got more Syracuse football to discuss. It's the Top 5 Tuesday. Give you my top five teams in both the National Football League and college football, what I expect the college football playoff to be doesn't necessarily mean it's what I think it should be. It's what I expect the committee to do. We'll discuss that later in the show. And I think, given the Nathan Peterman news, I'm going to go try and put a, a big dent in that wall over there during the break. So not only will I probably be drunk, I'll have a concussion when we come back. You're on the block ESPN Radio. Thank you. Bye-bye.